Welcome to, are we going? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I assume so, because you said we were ready to go, but I you know, also didn't want to be really wrong, so. Dream big, boy, gonna make it. Step tall is how you're already taken. Let go of everything that you know and be wild in the mystery. Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode 50 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am Patrick. And I am Rick. And we're happy to be back with you for this episode number 50. We have made it halfway to 100. So, I let, so there's some podcasts I listen to that are on like episode like 400 and 500, and I'm like, yeah, I could not imagine. <laughs> well, think of like like uh, who's the Ben Shapiro who records like a two hour episode every day of the week. Yeah, I'm but like, he, bro, I don't have that much time. He but he also like talks really fast, so each two hour episode is really like like three hours worth of content too. <laughs> it's true. His is one of the only ones you can't l- really listen to on like double speed. If you like, well, if it's you because he's podcast. so. Um, I was listening to a, an old episode of our pod, of our podcast not long, just a couple days ago, and it sounded funny. And I was like, "What is going on?" And I had somehow accidentally turned on the like one point two five speed on my <laughs> podcast thing. And I was like, I, "I could not do that." So if you're doing that, kudos to you. Yeah, there's um, people that do it. It's I, I I couldn't do it. I listened to a Ben Shapiro book one time, mm-hmm. like a, pretty much a whole book in a day. And, Did and you I, read it? He, and it was read by him. Oh. And so, like, it was uh, difficult to keep up. I, there was points where I'd been listening for, like, 30 or 45 minutes, and I'm like, I have no idea what he's even talking about right now. <laughs> what is going on in my life right now? Yeah, so <laughs> speaking of what's going on, dude, what's, what's going on for you? What's going on oh with you? Oh, my gosh. Man, it has been work craziness, and and it's funny because our like my work craziness and Patrick's kind of work craziness uh, and just general life craziness has led us to what we're going to talk about tonight, but we're not going to do it just yet. Uh, we're not going to reveal it just yet, but... Man, it's just been, it seems like it has been arrow after arrow and and decision after decision. And, and I'm just like, I'm starting to get exhausted from having to, to do all of this. Mm-hmm, but, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. And, and you know, we, we've talked about this. We, I know that, that God's got this in control. And, and I know that uh, I just need to, to trust Scripture and, and lean into the wisdom that he's given me. And so I'll pray, pray that every day and just... Take whatever comes at me that day, and, and exactly take it on. Uh, it is what it is, and we take it day by day. Exactly. So, how about you, man? You know, we've been dealing with some. We're, we're going through some life changes in our end, in our home, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, we're we're you know in the process of we've begun the process of looking for a new 
place to live. And so all of that, all that that entails, that's what we're working on. Um, Sweet. Work has been kind of up and down as far as busyness goes. Um, mm-hmm. There'll be some days where it seems like I, I can't get enough work. And there's other days where it's like, will people stop? Stop <laughs> giving me stuff to do. So I don't have the hours to complete this. <laughs> yeah. So um, we've been really fortunate. Our company's been, you know, we're not as, we are not as um, far along sales-wise as we have been in the past at this point, but we're not mm-hmm. substantially far behind. Yeah. There are other companies in our in our industry that are struggling a lot more than we are. So yeah. we're very fortunate and very uh, thankful for that. Um, we're uh, It's just been really cool to see how God's provided for our business throughout this whole season and yeah. how he's continuing to do so even after things have gotten back to some sort of quasi-normal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, every time you think it's going to get back to normal, it, you end up with just one more disruption, it seems like. Yep, so... So, what beer do we have on tap tonight there, Patrick? So, tonight we have, from the Magic Hat Brewing Company, um, we have the number nine, not quite, not quite pale ale. Um, so, it's a, the website says it's a sort of dry, crisp, refreshing, not quite pale ale, whose mysterious and unusual palate will swirl across your tongue with subtle notes of fruit and a floral hot bitterness. Um, it's got an ABV of 5.1%. It's got 20 IBUs. Um, the, the, we've got bottles, but the can on the website looks pretty dope. Yeah. Um, I saw the can on there too. And I was kind of like, man, I wish I could have found that in a can. Yeah. I'm kind (laughs) of glad you, I'm kind of glad I found it in the bottle though, because it was right next to the UFO white that we did last week in the Packer (laughs) store, which was funny because I did not go to this Packer store to get the UFO white last week. So it's funny. Um, it was just it's inter- it's funny to me that they were both next to each other. So um, in doing so, re- sorry. Go hopefully ahead. it's not a. Hopefully it's not just like the one from last week. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> I'm really hoping that it was just a coincidence. So um, in doing some research, so the Magic Hat Brewing Company used to have two uh, locations where they brewed. I guess. Uh-huh. Um, one in South Burlington, Vermont, and another in Rochester, New York. But we were, we, you and I just kind of did some quick research just now, and we found out that the brewery in Vermont is not doing, is not brewing um, Magic Hat anymore. No, they have closed. It's, we actually thought when we first looked it up, we thought that the whole brewery had closed mm-hmm. and we were going to review a beer that y'all weren't going to be able to get. Yeah. So <laughs> there, so there's actually another brewery from Burlington, Vermont, that has moved into that space. And uh, Magic Hat has just all moved to Rochester. So our bottles say South Burlington, Vermont, and Rochester, New York. So that tells me that these came at least from maybe the last batch that left Vermont. Um, Or maybe these came from New York. I'm not sure if there's a way to tell on here where it was bottled for sure. I don't know. But I'm excited. Um, The cap is kind of cool. It's got like a... Like one of those like swirly dizzying things. Of course, it could also be like a looks like a dynamite twine. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Boom. Yeah, yes. with a boom at the end. Um, ale it's got with the, natural flavor. The whole thing's got this like trippy vibe to it, where you know you kind of feel like you're supposed to be 
doing drugs, maybe. I don't know. It looks kind of funny. If you say so. <laughs> to me, it does at least. Oh, debuted on... I can't read that. So, so mine was bottled May 27th of 2020. Where'd you see it at? It's in, like, nearly impossible to see uh, font or uh, ink on the bottle underneath the label. Underneath the top label. Oh, yeah, there's mine. Mine is bottled on 6-14-20. Okay, so interesting. There we go. So uh, we, we have joked about our uh, tricks and things that we have come up with, uh, Patrick or and myself. I've got one of these tonight to open my can or my bottle. And nice. you you can't see it, but what this is is a bottle opener that is also a cap gun. It's called a cap gun. Mm-hmm. So it pulls the top off, and then you can shoot the top out of the gun. <laughs> so I think you might be really disappointed when you do this because I'm about 99% sure this is a twist off. I'm still going to break mine off. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago the draft top can yes. tool thing. I bought, I, I purchased one. Um, Does it work? I have not received it yet. Oh, I just ordered it yesterday or the day before. So I'm hoping that it gets in before the weekend. Um, especially if we're having a yard sale, I'm going to need <laughs> something to drink after all that's done. So I'm ready to to let's uh let's crack them open and see what happens with this thing. I'm, I think it's a twist off. I don't have yeah. a bottle opener with me, so there's one way to find out. But uh, here we go. I'm going to break mine off with my cap, cap okay. gun, and we'll see what happens. Here okay. we go. One, two, three, crack. Yep. It is definitely a twist off. And watch this right here. Oh, wait. Hang on. Hang on. I'm not ready. I got you kind of blocked with. Do it. Nice. <laughs> that was amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> that was in like slow motion. I wish I had had the screen recording for that. So for the record, this is our first twist off. We have never done a twist-off beer before. Yeah, I think you're right. It smells really good. It does smell good. It has a very sweet smell to it. Let's see what happens when we pour it up. We got distracted by the cap gun. <laughs> it looks really good. So this this looks promising with the color. The smell, the, it's got a really interesting smell. I definitely get the citrusy. Uh-huh. So what's a not quite pale ale? Like, I don't understand. So we've got IPA, we've got pale ales, we've got double IPAs, and now we've got not quite pale ale. Like, when will it stop? I, I think it's just a, I think it might be a pale ale that's a little bit darker because this is, this one has that orange juice consistency to it again. It's a little hazy, yeah. So that's the only thing is, is it's not quite the clear pale ale that you would expect there no so well there's only one way to find out let's turn it oh no we got a pre-rate yeah pre-rate so um the last few weeks i've been really underwhelmed with our beers i mean underwhelmed is a relative statement i've given (laughs) i gave the bat squatch and the ufo each got three luthers for me um i am hopeful i'm gonna go ahead and parade this one at four luthers coming in at four okay Based off of the smell test, I think I'm going to like this, 
but I don't think I'm going to like it a ton. So I'm going to come in at three and a half. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to be surprised, but, but I think I'm going to come in at three and a half on this one and we're going to see, see where it falls. It's, it smells really promising. It might be better than a four. It's possible. Yeah. It's got, it's got a good, good smell to it. So it's got a good, turn them up I thought see. you were going to say nose flavor. <laughs> <laughs> it might. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. This is the number nine, not quite pale ale. That's a lot lighter than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Just with the haziness, I thought it was going to be a little bit heavier. Mm-hmm. It's really smooth. Yep. Um, it's not bitter at all. Like the 20 IBUs um, might be a little high, honestly. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> It's, I mean, they really nailed it in their description, saying it's a sort of dry, crisp, refreshing ale whose mysterious and unusual palate will swirl across your tongue with subtle notes of fruit, floral, and hot bitterness. I mean, it's got just that, just that hint of bitterness. And, and again, this is what, like, when we get a 40 that we're like, oh, it's not that bitter. And then we get a 20 and we're like, eh, it's a little bit, but it's still not that, I mean, mm-hmm. I have no idea how they determine the, the IBUs of a beer. Dude, it's just some um, guy named Greg standing in front of a dartboard <laughs> throwing darts and saying, man, that's what we're doing. Oh, man. So where are you at, where are you at on this one? You pre-rated it a four. Where are you at on this one? I think I'm going to actually give this one a four. Um, it's a... It's not a terribly special beer, but I'm enjoying it yeah. a lot more than I have the last the last couple of weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um there's nothing that's like unique about it like the uh, the wild little thing or the watermelon goza from, you know, a few weeks back. Yeah. Um but I'm, I I'm enjoying it. It's it's light. It's got a good flavor. Um the flavor is pretty good. I, it's, it's it's not too uh carbon it's not like overly carbonated yeah um i definitely like the description like you said oh excuse me you you kind of get like all three of those sensations in waves Mm -hmm. you get the fruit you get the floral then you get the hops um I'm, i'm actually really really surprised by this one in a good way yeah yeah i am uh I'm going to surprise you. I'm actually going to come in at four Luthers as well. This is a little bit better than I suspected, mm-hmm. um, which I'm glad for um, because the last, again, the last couple of weeks have been been a little off the mark for what we're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so for this one, uh, the flavor is good. The lightness is kind of what's surprising to me, mm-hmm. and so, so it's it's uh, that combination. Makes me want to give it more than three and a half. Yeah. Um, if I if I have to call it like a week four, I'll call it that. But but it's still it's going to be in that four Luther range for me. Um, and I'm I'm glad that Magic Hat is not closed and that we bought the last six pack because this would be one. You know, if I'm if I'm feeling something different or something weird, um, then I would I may you know I may spring out and go for this one. Yeah. So. So I'll, I'll do you one better than that. We're going to the beach in a couple of weeks. I bet I'd take some of these with me. 
that would be amazing. Yeah, I'm planning on it. So, but Magic Hat, well done. Uh, four well done. out of five Luthers from both Rick and myself, and um, we're we're excited about about that one and whatever else uh, we can find for Magic Hat if they haven't shut down, which it sounds like they haven't. <laughs> so, um, now we're going to move on into our discussion for the night, and we'll tell you about that in just a second. Welcome back. We are here, and we have uh, gonna we're gonna deviate. We have been going into a topical discussion here after finishing Packer, but we're gonna deviate from the topical discussion and talk about what's on everybody's mind. We are gonna talk about coronavirus. So it's still topical. It's just not driven by the seventy-seven questions yes. book that we said we were gonna use as our foundation for the next few weeks. That lasted all of one week, by the way. <laughs> We're, we're going to come back to it. We are. Yeah. But uh, th- with the recent surge that has happened, um, we're not debating why it's happened, but the recent surge that has happened, obviously it is in the forefront of everybody's mind. And even when this comes out, it will probably still be in the forefront of everybody's mind. And so, you know, what we, what we want to do is just have really kind of between the two of us, just have an honest conversation about what is it? Should the church be concerned? Um, how should Christians respond? What should we do? Should we wear masks? Should we yell at everybody? Should we go to church and protest and sing anyway? Should we not? You know, all of these things come up when you talk about coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's at least a worthwhile discussion to be having um, if it's going to be affecting the church the way it is. Yeah, and, and, I, and I don't think it's... Um... I don't think anyone who's not lived under a rock for the last several months is unaware of the situation that we're facing with this whole thing. Um, and you're right. How do we as believers respond? How do we as, how do we as a church respond? Um, and if one church is doing something different than another church, like how can we love our brothers and sisters even if they're not doing doing church yeah. the way that we're doing. And, you know, I think this comes back to, um, you know, we, we talked a few weeks ago about praying for your pastors and praying for your staff. Mm-hmm. At this point in the whole situation, that is the most important thing you can be doing. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, the pastors and staff and leaders are, are having to trust God with what's going on and trust God to show them how to lead their church and their congregations and how my pastor is feeling led may not be the same as how your pastor is feeling led. Mm -hmm. Our churches are vastly different in size and, um, and that kind of thing. So if you're, you know, the bigger your church gets, the more complicated this whole situation is. Yes. So, yes. Um, and and yeah. just I mean throw it out there for the record there there really is not a right answer right to this I mean you can produce facts and statistics to back anything 
Which, which I mean, so we've written down a few questions, just kind of some some topics that we want to walk through when we when we discuss coronavirus. But, um, you know, I have seen news articles from trusted sources, news articles from untrusted sources. Um, I've seen this statistic and that statistic, and these people say this and those people say that. And the 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 thing is, you can produce statistics to support whatever you want to support. Exactly. And so the the question for us, for Christians, becomes, you know, where should we fall? What should we believe? Um, you know, what, what, give me, give me your opinion. What, what do you think we should believe? So when it comes to this, I don't know what we should believe, but I know what I believe about this whole thing. Okay. So where, where are you on this whole coronavirus thing? So I very much believe that this is a, Using the word legitimate is dangerous here, but I do believe that it's a legitimate uh, virus that we need to be concerned about. Mm -hmm. Um, I do believe that there are people who are more susceptible to it than others. And Mm -hmm. if they get it, then um, there is a chance that they could have long lasting issues or, or Mm -hmm. they could die from it. Um, And I believe that, um, if you fall in the in the demographic of older citizen, uh, 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 immune system issues, if you have severe asthma, that kind of thing, like yes, you need to take this much more seriously than if you don't have, if you don't yeah. fall in those in those categories. But I also believe that the numbers that were being told by major news networks everywhere are skewed dramatically. Yeah. I believe that, um, states are not reporting correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, and you hear stories about people. I've, I work with a lady who had a friend who, um, she went to the hospital, did not get tested for COVID, did not get tested for it got a notification from the hospital that she had tested positive for COVID. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, but I wasn't tested for that. Yeah. So I, I and, think, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of distrust mm-hmm. with hospitals, news, governments, um, and then you, you factor in, like, we talked about Black Lives Matter last week mm-hmm. and how governments are saying, oh, if you go to a grocery store, you need to wear a mask. If you go out to eat, you need to wear a mask. You can't go to church or you have to severely limit churches. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, it's totally fine for thousands of people to gather and stand shoulder to shoulder and yell for hours on end <laughs> without a mask, without social distancing, without hand sanitizer. So it just seems like there's some double standards there, but I'm also not wanting to negate the seriousness of the virus Yeah, because it is serious to some, for some people. Yeah. So to answer, so the, the the short answer to your question (laughs) would be, um, I'm fall somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Which like you said is there's not a, there's not really a place for anyone to be in the middle. 
No, it, and it's, you know, even, and honestly, this, the whole discussion about coronavirus is, is just a, an example or, um, if you, if you want to call it an, an opinion about the way our culture is responding to things at large, mm-hmm. you know, you pick a topic, doesn't matter what the topic is. You pick a topic and there's side A and there's side B. And if you don't line up with side A perfectly, then side A boots you to the side, to the curb. Mm-hmm. And then if you go over to side B and say, well, you know, I don't perfectly line up with you, but I do agree with this, this aspect of it. Side B boots you to the curb. Mm-hmm. And so you end up with this group of people that I believe is actually the majority of people who are somewhere in the middle going, where do we fit in? All we see is side A and side B. Mm-hmm. There's no representation of what's going on in the middle. You yeah. know, what's going on with people who are trying to think critically about this, who are trying to think logically about this. And and so we end up with this polarizing uh, type of, of and, and honestly, I mean, I blame for this kind of mindset. I blame the media mm-hmm. because we have gotten to the point where we media outlets have to sensationalize everything in order to try to gain airtime. And, and, you know, you, you have your, your news that you want to watch. That's fine. But I I want people to realize, and I want people to understand the news is a business. They are trying to sell you something. You may not be paying for it with uh, dollars out of your pocket, but you're paying for it by giving them attention because they sell advertising on that, and that's how they sell advertising is by viewership. So they're selling your viewership is what they're selling, mm-hmm. and they're doing whatever it takes to get you to leave that channel on their channel so that they can get more ratings and get more dollars and get more advertising. Mm-hmm. And so it is bared down to it. It is a business, and they are selling you something. Now, yeah. the best way to sell something is to make it look as appealing as possible. And so they're formatting it to look as appealing. And every news station has a base that they're appealing to. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're MSNBC, you're appealing to a liberal. If you're uh, CNN, you're appealing to a liberal. If you're Fox News, you're appealing to a conservative. That's what they're trying to do. And so they're adjusting their formatting. They're pushing their stories. Their headlines are being edited to rile up that base and get that base moving. Mm-hmm. Because when they do that... That's what causes the outrage. Yeah. And so so whether you're anti-Trump or for Trump or whether you're anti-Black Lives Matter or for Black Lives Matter, realize that you are being sold a bag of goods that you didn't ask for and that you didn't want. Yeah. And and I think a lot of that is being done here with the coronavirus as well. I'm I'm with you. We need to be somewhere in the middle and we need to think logically. Is this a bad virus? Yes, it is. Statistically, it hurts older people more. It hurts immunocompromised people more. Um, I personally, uh, at my work, I know four people right now, four people at my work that have tested positive. Three have been in the hospital. One is still in ICU as we speak tonight. Mm-hmm. So so don't, you know, if anybody out there is thinking, well, these guys don't know what they're talking about because they don't know anybody, you're wrong. I know four people personally. I yeah. know them. Yeah. I, I've talked to them, and I've asked them how it felt. And so, uh, you know, understand, I'm not talking a, like a news story tonight. I'm not talking about what I read. I'm talking about what I've experienced. Yeah. And, and you know, when I was on the phone with one of our guys from work before he went to the hospital, and the guy sounded like he could barely breathe 
because he was having such chest pains uh, because of what was going on in his lungs. You can't tell me that that wasn't real. Right. It is real and it is happening. Yep. Don't deny it. Don't don't be on on one of these conspiracy theories that's on one side or the other. You know, one side says this whole this whole thing is a hoax and and it's not real or anything, and the other side says. Well, this whole thing is so real that if you even possibly think about contracting it, you're going to die. And, and there has to be a balance in between this mm-hmm. thing um, to, where we, to where we go, okay, how can I safely protect myself? How can I safely protect others? And how can I do that while still trying to carry on as normal of a life as possible? Yeah. In, you know? in general, conspiracy theories are a, are a rabbit trail to follow regardless of the um the topic that you're looking at yeah but yeah. so you know whatever the like you said whatever the mainstream media news is pushing as far as where it came from or what's who's behind it or what's the end goal or whatever it is we we as believers really shouldn't be wasting our time with any of that yeah but you you shouldn't and and when you do, when you share stuff like that on social media, and then you end up having to retract your opinions on social media because you shared something without sourcing it first, you are the one that looks bad. Not the person who made the, the conspiratorial video, not the originator. You know, you are the one that looks bad because you didn't your didn't do your homework. Mm-hmm. And, and it, you know, it really is as simple as that. Do your homework before you go posting on Facebook. Right. Um, you know, because when you when you don't do your homework, you are the one that, that looks like a fool. You know, there's a proverb that says it's better to let people think you're a fool than open your mouth and prove you're a fool. Right. And so um, there's a lot of fools on Facebook. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Yeah. Most of them are. So, yeah. So. So. So how do we, you know, what is our response as believers, as followers of Jesus? Excuse me. What is our response to any of this? Um, how, how do we respond to the statistics? How do we, we respond to conspiracies? Um, what do we, you know, what's the best course of action for us? So I would argue um, that as Christians, our number one, our response needs to be to love our neighbor as ourself. Mm-hmm. Number one. Okay, that's the that's what Jesus says is the first and greatest commandment in Matthew chapter seven. Okay, mm-hmm. so when you're talking with somebody personally and individually, you love that person. You know, if you have to love that person with a mask on, you love that person with a mask on. If you both have masks on, that's great. If you don't, as long as you're both comfortable uh, and you're and you're doing your best to love that person and show the love of God to that person, that is our first response. Okay. Now, when it comes to the government, we I think we have a different response. Now, mm-hmm. this is where it actually gets really tricky for Christians. Um because at some point you have to draw a line. And and so, you know, when they said put masks on, you know, my response was I don't like it. I don't like how they, you know, uh I don't like how they make me feel. It, it feels like I hate feeling breath on my on my face mm-hmm. because it's awkward for me. And, and most of the time I have bad breath because I've just eaten like Funyuns or something. <laughs> and so, you know, I just I don't like masks personally. But if, if I need to wear one, then I'll wear one. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, and so you have to you have to think about that kind of stuff is yeah. more than it's more than just yourself. And everybody says, oh, you should be individually responsible. Yes, everyone should be individually responsible. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to be responsible by looking out for other people. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, like it or not, wearing a mask helps that yep. you can you know, we can debate the effectiveness of masks but what we're saying is wearing a mask helps yeah so it's it's not hurting anything unless unless you're an asthmatic and and there's i mean there are studies to show people who suffer from actual severe asthma you know it wearing a mask could hurt could harm them mm-hmm. you know but even still a, an asthmatic has a high tendency to catch covid which mm-hmm. is bad for them because yeah. you know so you know, you you just continue to follow the trail. Mm-hmm. Um, what you got? Yeah, I was just gonna Your say, favorite. like, I was just gonna say, like, I've worn a mask out. Like, so we're recording this on July sixteenth. Yes, the whole like the shutdown started in our state March eighteenth, seventeenth or eighteenth, maybe is when like mm-hmm. stuff started rolling and like we were like, oh, maybe this is gonna be more serious than we thought it was gonna be. Right. Um, that's actually the day I think we started working from home is March 17th or 18th. So, um, so April, May, June, we're four months into this thing now. And, um, I've worn a, I can count on one hand the number of times I've worn a mask into a store or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I also don't get right in the face of strangers. <laughs> but before COVID, I wouldn't get right in the face of strangers. Um, yes. I've worn a mask, uh, once to the grocery store, once to the doctor, mm-hmm. and that's just because like you're pretty much required in every doctor's yeah. office in the country to do that now. And other than that, I haven't. Now, like like I've said earlier, we're getting ready to go on vacation, so probably need to take have some with us mm-hmm. to, to go do anything there. Um, but the whole like. Uh, Walmart came out this past week and said, we're going to mandate masks nationwide in all of our stores. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, if you as a business decide that's what you want to do to protect your customers, I am one of your customers. I will, I'll wear a mask to get into the store. And then when I get out of the store, I'm going to take the mask off. Yeah. The, the, the thing that kills me about the mask wearing, and it's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of like sad a little bit. Was people who are driving by themselves with their mask on. <laughs> like you're the only person in the car. I'm pretty sure it's okay to Yeah. I mean, I don't I I'm not a COVID expert, I don't know, but you know if if and and you know, people say, Oh, it's my freedom to not wear a mask. You know what? It's equally that business's freedom to deny you service. Well, and and here's the so this is the analogy that I I put up in my mind. Nobody has a problem with states mandating that you wear your seatbelt while you're driving your car. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, tell me the difference. You wearing your seatbelt does not hurt anybody else. If you're in a car wreck and you're not wearing your seatbelt, you get hurt. The other person does not. Um, you wearing your seatbelt doesn't affect anybody other than you. Um, you wearing your seatbelt only makes it safer for you. Mm-hmm. Which is the which is the argument that people who are you know are saying that we should wear masks. They're they're saying it makes it safer for the person wearing them, but it also makes it safer also for other people. Okay, so, but, but take that second part out of it. If it only makes it safer for you, is it worth it? Yeah. 
To me, it is. And, because but, because here's the thing. If you're not wearing your seatbelt and you get into an accident with someone who is wearing their seatbelt, you're the one that got hurt. Exactly. And that's, that is my point, is we've, we've never had a problem with these types of laws and issues before. But now, because there's a whole bunch of, you know, and there was no conspiracy theories around seatbelt laws. Well, at least not that I know of. Right. I'm, I'm well, sure there's probably the, something. Well, the internet also wasn't like <laughs> yeah. around, but, but, so. But nobody had issues and, and thought that people were infringing on their constitutional rights when they said, no, you have to wear a seatbelt, and if you don't wear a seatbelt, you're going to get a ticket, you know. Um, but now, all of a sudden, you throw masks in there, and mm-hmm. everybody's like, you know, oh my gosh, my constitutional rights don't tread on me. You know, and, and I think I think part of the issue there is where do you stand? Not you, not you individually, but where mm-hmm. do you generally stand when it comes to the whole, like what coronavirus even is? Yeah, like do you believe it's a legitimate disease, or do you believe it's a conspiracy theory or a hoax? Or yeah, so I think. I think where people stand on the virus in general is going to drive where they stand in regards to masks. Yeah. But you like, if you're a, if you're a hoaxer, if you're a person that says, oh, it's not real, <laughs> then you're probably also going to be someone who's like, I ain't wearing a mask. Even if they tell me I have to. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, but again, apply the logic consistently. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that dying in car wrecks is not real? Right. <laughs> you know, uh, but is that why you're not going to wear your seatbelt? Um, because, you know, you, you've never seen anybody die in a car wreck. So why should you believe that nobody in car wrecks die? Yeah. You know, all you see is news reports. That's all you see. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, in, in the world of logic, we call these counter examples and you, the way you test the, the soundness or the strength of an argument is you provide a counterexample to that argument. Mm-hmm. And if the logic fails on your counterexample, then you need to strengthen your argument. And, and so for, for those who are in the, you know, this is not real camp, I'm going to give you the counterexample of seatbelts. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now to, to flip it on, on the other side for people who think that, uh, you know, Walking outside or actually contracting coronavirus is is deadly and you're going to die. Statistically, the death rate is like 0.1%. It's it's basically the same as the flu. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and, just and the so, people that catch it. Yeah, yeah, that's the people that catch it. So the survival now, uh, when you break it out and you start looking at sectors of people, it, it fluctuates. It gets higher in elderly. It gets higher in people who are immunocompromised. But Again, the same thing happens with the flu. Um, you know, if you have an immunodeficiency, then anything that you catch could be deadly to you. You know, you, a flu, the flu could be deadly to you if mm-hmm. you have a compromised uh, immune system. And so uh, this is not about necessarily taking, you know, saying that everybody's going to die because everybody has a, a compromised immune system, but it is saying that we need to be careful of those people that do have compromised immune systems. And so, and, and, you know, always think about like the, the people who, who would go out in public and even if they're, even if they're not sick, but they have a compromised immune system, even if we're not in coronavirus, they're, those people are still wearing a mask. You know, I've seen people who wear masks mm-hmm. before because, because it protects them. Right. 
Um, and so, so it's one of those things where we just need to be a little bit more careful because we know of something that is spreading and, and if we can do something to help it, then, then let's, let's do that. Mm-hmm. You know, let's be reasonable about it. I used to roll my eyes at these kind of posts when I saw them, but you know, now that we're like we're getting masks for, for our family. So just kind of thinking about this, like if you live in the South, if you live in the deep South of the United States, think about this. If the commissioner of the sec said like, if people don't wear masks, there will not be football this fall. Every single person would have. There's there's not a, I I think people would get shot for not having a mask on (laughs) by citizens I, I think there i think there would legit be shooting yeah. so you know if you're gonna take it seriously at that point you need to take it seriously across the board yeah. you can't pick and yeah. choose when you're going to take it seriously yes and, for, and and honestly for the longest time sorry i keep cutting you no, off you're, but you're good so but for the longest time i was like eh, it's kind of it's out there but it, you know the numbers are skewed and you know I've heard of people who had, but I didn't really know anyone. And then like this week we found out my wife's grandmother is in the hospital. She initially went in for pneumonia and they went ahead and tested her and she is positive for COVID. So that's a little scary for us because she's, her body's a little weaker. Um, and she's, you know, her health has not been great the last few years. And now she's got this other thing that, seems to target people with weaker immune systems. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little scary for us. And we're, you know, the last day or two, I've been really like rethinking my, my stance on the whole thing. Yeah. Um, that's not to say I'm going to live in fear of it. That's not going to say I'm going to like wear a mask every time I go check the mail. Um, <laughs> I went to the, I went to the store today and, and didn't have a mask on, but I also, like I said, don't get in the face of strangers typically. Yeah. Yeah. So it's give people space. If you have a mask and you feel comfortable wearing it, wear it. If you don't have a mask, don't get in the face of people you don't know. And don't, don't like get in the face of people with masks on. Yeah. And on the flip side, if you're wearing a mask and see someone without a mask, leave them be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, the the one of the issues that I do have with coronavirus and, and the way that it's been handled is it has led to a fundamental distrust of people that are around you. You know, like mm-hmm. if you see somebody without a mask on and, and you're a person with a mask on, I would you know, I would think I would say you're probably thinking of that person, they don't care about other people. They don't, you know. Well, it, it, let, let's be real. It's, it's a they don't care about me mentality. Yeah they, yeah, they don't care about me mentality. That's what it is. And then on the flip side of that, if you're, you know, if you're without a mask, you see somebody with a mask on, you think, oh, they're just a scaredy cat living their life in fear. Sheeple. <laughs> they're sheeple. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and the what it does, what that does, is it creates again, what, like we talked about, it's this A B. Everything has to be opposite. Everything has to be this binary, mm-hmm. you know, you're either one or zero. If yeah. you're if you're a binary code person, you understand you're a one or zero. There's no such thing as in the middle. Right. And and so we need to get away from this idea and this mindset that 
everyone hates everyone. Right. Uh, because that doesn't help anything. So, so, so my analogy for that, that I've been thinking of since we were talking about this earlier, um, you've got Coca-Cola people and you've got Pepsi people. <laughs> if you're in the South, you understand where this analogy is about so, to go. <laughs> so there's Coca-Cola, there's Pepsi, but there's also like RC Cola, which is underrated if you ask me. <laughs> Like I, there was a time when I was younger, I drank the mess out of that stuff. So like if you're on one end of the spectrum or the other, understand that there are people that there's more than just those two spectrums. Yes. Yes. There's always Dr. Pepper. I mean, Dr. Pepper is a, is a different entity. All you got Dr. Pepper and Mr. Thunder and Mr. Pibb. Mr. Pibb, yes. Mr. Pibb. See, Mr. Pibb dropped out of school too early. He didn't earn his doctorate degree in soda making, so. <laughs> but he, he got the lessons from the streets. So, um, so yeah, just be aware that just because you believe, and this goes across the board for anything, not just coronavirus, but just because yeah. you believe a certain thing doesn't mean that everyone else believes the same as you. And we're, we are called to love everyone regardless of mm-hmm. what they believe, how they treat us, um, how they, like, how they vote. hey like, oh, whoa now. Listen, whoa now. listen, there are going to be believers in the fall that vote for Joe Biden. That does not make them a Marxist. That doesn't make them Marxist. <laughs> that doesn't make them anti-America. Oh, here's another thing. Stop worshiping America. I'm getting on a tangent a little bit, but I've been thinking about these things like there, I feel like there are some issues that the church has that they need to work out. And maybe that's a a topic for another episode, but um, just because somebody believes something very, very strongly and it's different than you doesn't make them a Satan worshiper or a, Russian spy or yeah. anything like that. It doesn't make them less American than you. Mm-hmm. They are the same American that you are. Yep. And that's the funny thing is that's the beauty of what makes America America is differing opinions mm-hmm. and, and, and us being willing to fight it out. Yep. You know? Um, so, but you know, it's, we, we need to understand how to respond. We need to take, Things like Romans 13 into perspective, which, which says, you know, we, we want to do it. We want to follow what the government leads us to do to a point. I, I think it's it's reasonable to, to take that that argument to a point. It's it's not blindly following everything the government says to do. But if it's a reasonable request, honor it, honor the government and, and let them try to lead the best way that they can. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to agree with the decision. Um, and and so. If we if we if we want to if we want to put a bow on this, you know we, we've talked about how Christians can help their church. They you know they can pray for their staff. They can support their staff. This is these decisions are not easy. We you know we've already kind of hit on that. Um, but how do we how do we as Christians disagree openly and honestly about about really about anything? You know we're talking specifically about coronavirus tonight. But but how can Christians better disagree in an open and honest state so that the world can see how really how Christians are supposed to act. 
Well, I think it comes back to this idea that we've talked about several, I mean, a lot the last few weeks where we talk. You okay over there? You're, yeah. Okay, sorry. Getting a Bible down. Okay, so I think it comes back to this whole idea of compassion and love, right? You know, yeah. you know, we, we've talked about it in, in, in the context of telling people the truth in love, but also like treating people the way you would want to be treated if if somebody who believed differently than you about any topic, but specifically coronavirus, if they treated you the same way you treated them, would you be okay with how they treated you? Yeah. And, and if the, and if they're, if you would not be okay with that, then you need to change how you are treating people who are treating this situation differently. Yeah. So, I want to point to a couple of scriptures when we when we talk about how the church can disagree openly and honestly. Um, the first one is is First John chapter four, and if you're if you're familiar with First John four, uh, the kind of middle section of the chapter talks about how the church will be known for its love, um, and then kind of one of the one of the key verses in there is first John four, eight, it says the one who does not love does not know God because God is love, you know, and everybody likes to kind of just pull that God is love phrase out of that verse. And I think it's important to recognize that the, the, the context behind God is love is the way that people know that God is love is through his people, Mm -hmm. you know, um, back in, in the gospel of John, it says, you know, you will be known by your love for each other. And so, as a church, when we are perceived as angry, mad at the world, mad at the government, mad at everything, we're not being known by our love. Right. You know, if if I can scroll through your Facebook feed and see, um, you know, basically just hack job after hack job, you know, or even honest critique, whether it's an honest critique, but it's put in words like, you know, oh the the crazy good for nothing democrats are at it again and and then there's a link to an article and and you know maybe what they're doing maybe what the democratic party doing is wrong and and maybe we disagree with it and that's okay engage that argument with honesty and love please because here's the thing when you put that out there and you portray yourself as an angry person don't get upset when people call you a bigot mm-hmm. because bigots are angry all the time, you know, and they're angry at people who are different than them. And so if everything that you portray about yourself is calling people stupid and they, you know, they don't have any brain cells and all this kind of stuff, people are going to naturally think you're a bigot because of your rhetoric. Our rhetoric determines our message. And if we don't couch everything in the rhetoric of love, and say, how do I make my argument from a loving standpoint? Then people are not ever going to take your argument seriously. And so I I think it's important. How does the church disagree open and honestly? We disagree with love, with compassionate words. Mm -hmm. And and I think that the Gospel of John and the book of 1 John present that for us. And, and, And they say, you know, if you're not known for your love, then you're not representing God because God is love. And so love tells the truth. Love is honest. You know, lo- love is hard sometimes. You know, there, if, you've, if you've been married, you understand that love is hard sometimes. Sometimes you wake up in the morning, you're like, 
I just don't want to do this. I don't want to do it today. But you, what do you do? You still, you get out of bed, you go do the things you have to do because you love your wife, you love your kids, you love your spouse. And that is what drives you to do those things. Mm-hmm. Apply that same logic and that same method to the way that you deal with the world. And, and I, I think we would see a change in the way that people respond to the church. Agree. Any more thoughts? No, I think that was, I, I think we, I think we've covered that. You know, we keep, I know we keep harping on the, the idea of treating people with love. Um, but you know, if you, it doesn't matter what you do. If you don't have love, then you might as well not be doing it. Yeah. Paul says that in first Corinthians. Yeah. So yeah. And, and you know, when it comes to coronavirus, man, just just deal with people in love. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to be angry. You don't have to shout everybody into conspiracies. If you disagree, disagree. That's fine. Back up your point. Argue your your position. But don't hurl insults because that doesn't help anything. Right. And so, so yeah, there we go. If, uh, if they want to get in touch with us on social media, Patrick, where would people do that? So we are on all of the major social media platforms. I say all of them, all of the important ones. Um, yes. We are, we are on, not on TikTok. We're not on TikTok. We're <laughs> not on Snapchat. But um, So we are on Instagram. You can find us there at Beers and Bible underscore. We are on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can follow us on Facebook. We're uh, just search Beers and Bible Podcast and look for our logo there. And then you can also email us over at um, Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to interact with you and get your thoughts on any and all the discussions that we've been having the last 50 episodes of 50 the podcast. Episodes. Yes, yes. So there's our take on coronavirus. Um, we hope you have a good week. We hope you're able to find some magic hat. Since we determined that they are not closing. Yeah. They're, they're just moving. Yeah. Uh, but find you some Magic Hat and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got four Luthers from both Patrick and myself. And until next week, we will uh, probably pick up 77 questions again next week unless we find another interesting topic that we want to discuss. Yeah. Um, we'll roll back into 77 questions and, and talk about some more uh, questions you may have. If y'all have questions, shoot us a question. You know, it may lead to a, lead to a topic offhand whatever but until next week enjoy some cold beer enjoy some good bible discussion and remember please remember to love your neighbor see ya you enjoy what you hear on beers and bible please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast